Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. I am your host in a van, Harena. It is October 31st, 2023, and I am just checking in with you to see how you are doing. Just feel free to give feedback on where you're at in your healing process or your awakening. <laughs> I am um, updating on my last episode where I was getting some narcissist red flags, um, where I'm, I'm very well versed in how narcissists are transactional. And I remember in my last episode, I was kind of touching base on, I was getting some strong narc vibes from this lady who brought a dog into school. She was one of the other mothers at the homeschool co-op and she had came in, you know, trying to find a home for a puppy that was set to run around the city. And um, they had come and, you know, were called by her friend who saw everything go down, come to uh, save the dog. And then she couldn't keep the dog, but she wanted to find a little one a home and then had brought it to school the next day and just was asking around because you have a bunch of families there. So it makes sense. So what happened was right after you know we we um decide to take the puppy you know she was like well i want to exchange phone numbers i want to make sure you know the puppy is okay and you can send me some pictures of it now and then to kind of give us an update and at that time i don't think i i told very much about the interaction the actual puppy exchange interaction that had my red flags up already was when she had come in and at, and was searching for a new home for the puppy, but also did treat it very transactional. Like it was a confusing vibe where you, where you express that you were in need of assistance. Somebody steps up to offer assistance and then you put stipulations on said assistance. So this is what I had was kind of given the side eye already was when you were asking for a family to take in the puppy, but you say, oh, okay, well now you have to pass this, this check. You have to, I said it's okay for you to take the puppy, but this other person has not. So I thought, well, that's weird. Why are you asking people to help you and then put stipulations on whether or not you're accepted or allowed to help? Like, what is that? So it ended up being her little son, who's probably like nine, maybe eight, nine, probably around nine, ten, maybe, um, around my son's age. So they, they, she said, you cannot um, take the puppy home unless you get the approval from my son. And then introduce this little boy. And this little boy is looking at her like, why am I going to tell this woman whether or not she can have a puppy. It was like a very weird situation to one, put me in and two, put her son in and immediately triangulation. Like, I'm just like, Oh, okay. There she is orchestrating two people in essence, low key, putting them on the spot and putting them against one another in a way that was weird. So in essence, you have a little boy looking at a woman holding a puppy in her hand, totally thrown off by this because he had just gotten out of class and came to see his mom and she just tosses him at me. And then I'm thinking, this is so strange. 
why would you ask someone if they were looking for a puppy, had a good home, a safe home, puppy experience, blah, blah, blah. And then you go, now you have to pass my son's approval. And I'm like, this is weird. So that was my first, like, I'm dealing with someone who at the end of the day might have a little you know, going on because it's bizarro. But being raised in a narcissistic home, this was all, this is a, a very familiar situation where I was the child. Always, or my sister, always put up in, in um, narcissists from what I, my experience having narcissistic parents slash parents. I never know if my dad was acting out or because my dad was, I've said before, um, an asshole. <laughs> I say that it was, um, 50% loving affection because he knew he was like, he, he wasn't like, he didn't hide it, but he also didn't go out and attack people. So I almost feel like it was a symptom of spending his entire life with my mother. So, cause he doesn't check any boxes on the narc checklist. Not my, where my mom was every single freaking box was checked. So I feel like his, his attitude was just him and then probably a dash of being trapped. This is the only relationship he ever had or known. And yeah, what a roulette wheel of suck that had to have been. So I digress. <laughs> but so I'm sitting here thinking this is strange. So the little boy looks at me and he's like, yeah, if, you know, just like, okay, fine. So then the mom was just kind of like, didn't, couldn't like, she's like, well, well, he is always so, he attaches to stuff very, very fast. So I just want him to give the approval. I'm like, all right. So, so of course he proved, you know, I'm a, a grown up holding a puppy, staring at him, waiting for his glory uh, to bestow upon me the rights to help his mother find a home for a puppy. I don't know. So then I, so my, my husband thankfully was there at that time because he had taken the day off. So he got to go to classes with us like old times. And so she said, well, another stipulation is you have to go and buy a new leash and a new collar before you can take her home because this leash is my mother's and she wouldn't like it. If, and she, and her mother was there. Um, and she wouldn't like it if I just, you know, let you borrow it. And she goes, and this, this old cat collar is from our dead cat. It has sentimental value to my son. So you are not leaving with this. So then I'm feeling like I'm like almost low key being reprimanded for like not oh, having my own leash and collar, even though I would not have ever had it because I didn't know I was taking a puppy home that day. But thankfully there's a Dollar General side note for all of those um, of you who side-eye Dollar Generals like literally being on every corner. Sometimes it's handy, okay? So there's a Dollar General down the way. So I asked my husband after he had said, you know, yeah, we can take her home. Uh, he went down to the Dollar General and bought um, some puppy food and the the best they had which they did have actually a pretty good quality uh at least one there they had like grain free and blah 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 and it didn't and it like the meat was in the beginning of the ingredients and they had you know all that stuff that you look for so he and he grabbed a little green i didn't want a collars i don't like the collars around dogs um neck especially when they're learning not to pull because it can push against their esophagus 
and I don't like that. So I wanted a nice comfortable harness and thankfully they had one there. And then he got, of course, camouflage, <laughs> a leash to match and he got her a green harness and she looks rather cute in it and she's sweet. But so he runs down, gets puppy pads, gets a food and water bowl, buys a food, just pick, grabs everything he knows we'll need for this puppy. Cause we have dogs, we're not, we're animal people. So we bring it back. And then, so we jumped through that hoop, right? You know, we knew we needed to do it. So it wasn't like an unexpected hoop. So then, so then she says, well, I know that this might be a strange request, but I have one more thing you have to do before you take this puppy home. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what, what do I have to do? Do I have to like give you my blood type? Like what? So she said, um, my friend that saw the puppy being released into the, you know, city, um, she wants to make sure that you look like you're a nice person. And I was like, all right. And my experience with the narcissist is like, one, you can't tell somebody's a nice person by like, what they look like. But I guess you could get some vibes. And I was sitting there holding the puppy in my arms, like cradling her because she had not, they had not fed her or watered her or bathed her. Like the first thing I would think when you rescue a puppy and it has been over 24 hours and you did not think to toss that puppy in the bath right away, scrub her up, get her nice and clean and warm and, you know, and then put some food and water in her belly. We, I took her for a walk outside the school to let her go to the, see if she had to go to the bathroom and she was trying to eat um, anything she could. She was starving. So when my husband got back with the food, we brought some into the library and I was holding her and she was eating it and drinking and, you know, a bottomless little pit because she was starving. And I looked at the land, I'm thinking, you are making me jump through all of these hoops to take this puppy home, yet you didn't do the bare minimum of puppy upkeep like what when you brought her home. This is so strange. You didn't think to feed her or water her. And she even said, oh, she's starving. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, and then her mom chimes in and goes, oh, yeah, we didn't think to give her anything to eat or drink when we rescued her. We just were so, you know, concerned with getting her to safety. I'm like, part of that safety is, you know, the bare minimum of hello, food and water, because that's what life needs to live, you morons. And I'm just thinking, I'm jumping through hoops to take you know? So she said, so she, you know, I'm back on track. She's like, my friend wants me to take a picture and send it of you holding the puppy to see if you're a nice person. So she did. She took a picture of me. I'm like, whatever, whatever. Clearly these people can't even feed and water a puppy. A common sense in my world. And um, whatever, I'll take 500 pictures. Don't care. Just my main goal is to get this puppy home and out safe fed, watered, bathed, whatever. So finally get the puppy home. And that is when the requests for the phone stuff. So I, I'm really good at not at forgetting the most important parts of the story. <laughs> so I'm really good at that. So when I listened to my last episode to make sure like the recording in my van wasn't entirely horrible. Um, that was one of the things I remembered. I'm like, oh, you left out like the whole other red flags that led up to the point. So then when I started getting these expectation hoops launched, um, continuing, you know, messaging me and asking me for the screenshots for the pictures of the puppy, I was like, fine, no problem. 
And so I sent them and that's when I said it was kind of weird because when you request somebody to send you something, but then you one, don't acknowledge that you received what you requested in any capacity. No thumbs up emoji, no thanks, no nothing, literally nothing, silence. So then I sent another one a couple days later. All right, I'm back. I am um, watching my son play in the playground while his sister's in class and he had something to tell me. So I stopped recording and I rolled my window down and now I don't remember where I was at. <laughs> so I believe I was, oh yeah, talking about sending the pictures of the puppy. So I sent the picture of the puppy, I literally heard nothing back. So then she calls me, it's been since, um, what was it, a week today. She called me and said, out of the blue, like it, because I had, it was a Tuesday and that's what today is. It was last Tuesday. So it's been a week and she called me. She didn't even talk. She just called and said, so I answered and she's like, that's when she said, did you come up to the school today? Did you bring the puppy up today? And I said, well, no, because it was at nine in the morning and nobody that knew I got the puppy was even there because I got the puppy on a Thursday. So the people that there are on Thursdays are the people that are always there on Thursdays. And the people that are there on Tuesdays are the people that are always there on Tuesdays. Like every day is a different group of people coming in and out based on the classes that are being offered. So this lady <laughs> proceeds to go, boo. Like what? Do you, who, what normal person calls up a stranger, pretty much? I've never talked to her before this puppy transaction. What kind of person does that, right? Boo! Boo yourself, weirdo. You know, like, that's what I want to say. <laughs> Boo yourself, weirdo. <laughs> so, so she, you know, did that. So that's, now I brought you up to speed. So I just kept asking in that last episode, like it just, no matter how much I know and learn and experience about narcissists, I will probably never stop asking why. Why the hell are you so dumb? Why are you so mean? Why are you so stupid in how you interact with people? Why are you just so off the chain when it comes to like basic common courtesy, you know? basic, basic, bottom of the barrel, normal social etiquette out the freaking window. Like I will never stop probably, like I don't have expectations, but I'm just like, really? Is that where we're at? You know, the bar is that low right now? Okay, I guess we'll roll with it. So I thought this this is the, this interaction with this um, person is going to be very interesting. And I was telling my husband about it and he's just laughing. He's like, yep, sounds like, Sounds like you got one on your hands because now he's he's schooled in it too. So once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I, you know, had told her at that time last week that today, today Tuesday, I could meet her. Well, that that day she she was low key hinting, like kept saying, "Well, I'm gonna be up here till three, and we really were at three, and up at the school at three, and you know, acting like." And my son would really like to see her. So we're like beating around the bush. So I'm uh, starting a new part of the show because I needed to edit my audio and it just starts a whole new segment. So I'm carrying on my story from there. So instead of um, saying, hey, can you meet me up to the school 
um, around three today, if it's okay with you or if you're free, cause I would love my son and I, you know, we really want to see the puppy. But instead of doing that, I get immediately shamed because I didn't jump through an expectation hoop of hers that I did not know even existed because there would have been no reason for me to assume that she would be up at the school at nine because she's not. She hasn't come to the school until, like you, like I said, 3 p.m. and later that day. So shaming me for not bringing a puppy to a place for some random reason that's her modus operandi like that is how she has chosen to begin our interactions with each other and that right there screams i'm a little you know there's so i can't not diagnosing her as a narc but she's checking a lot of um boxes for me because been there done that all right so so what proceeds to happen is she you know, kind of hinted around. I was like, well, I didn't even play into it. I thought, you know what, if you're going to be passive aggressive, I'm, I'm not as well. So she's like, well, are you going to be up there on, um, will you bring her on Thursday? And I was like, well, to be honest, like I'm there for two hours on Thursday and I don't know what the weather is going to be like. And I don't want to try to entertain a puppy for two hours on a Thursday when you will only be able to see her for a few minutes. So I will decide if the weather's fine, it's way easier because I could just take her outside for a walk and, you know, be fine while both of the kids are in class. No big deal. But, you know, I thought, huh, that's putting a lot on me, making me bring a puppy up to school where I should be able to pop into my kids' classes and see what they're doing. But now I will be outside or entertaining a puppy for two hours for her to spend like a few minutes seeing the puppy before they have to start their class. So, you know, I wasn't opposed to it. It was on the board, but then the more I saw, eh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fulfilling one of her expectations. And she's literally giving me no respect, no kindness, no basic, normal human interaction. Because then later that day she had requested, you know, when I got, before I got off the phone with her, she had requested that I send more screenshots, or I keep saying screenshots, sending photos of the puppy. And I did, and got, and I heard nothing back. No thanks, or I'm going to show this to my son. Literally nothing. Snubbed, ignored. Another narc move. They will ghost you. They want to be in control of the situation and you at all costs. So I already have her laying down these expectation hoops. I already have her shaming me going boo because I didn't apparently do something she thought I should have done but yet literally never voiced it like it made no sense and I'm like all of this is so much narc territory so that is when I decided nope not doing it I'm taking I am taking control of the situation the way I have learned to do it and I had texted her back and instead of polite text I was like hey and so and so I'm not going to be able to um, I'm not I'm not bringing the puppy up on Thursday. I will, however, bring the puppy up on Tuesday next week, which is today now. If you um, let me know when your class starts, I'll come up before you both start class. So that's why I said, so then I knew that I would have an exit. They cannot hold me prisoner or hostage. I will not, you know, they will have to cut and run to go to class and I can cut and run and t go back home with my kids and the puppy. Literally never heard back from her. It has been a week today. So by me touching the narc, possible narc in the wild, 
I have taken the control out of her, put it under my terms. I will bring the puppy to see you and your son, but on my terms. I compromised enough, but I did not fulfill her wishes, demands, or expectations. And that is at the end of the day what the narc really wants. They want to see that you are going to jump when they say jump. They're, go they're going to want to see that you are a controllable person. You are somebody who can be shamed into um, into performing, shamed into, uh, just being a nice little seen and not heard individual, shamed into a potential flying monkey job. They will find use for you as long as you don't allow you to be you. They love empty jar people that they can just fill up with their expectations and whatever. They can just dump their world into you and you're not going to ever push back. They love people like that. They love easygoing people. They love people who have such guilty consciences and that because they can't hold their boundaries because they feel like they're a bad person. They love you. They love those types of people. They love easy to control people. So when I learned that, I said, I'm not going to be easy to control. I'm not going to people please. I will be selective in who I please. And that person is going to have to be reciprocal. They cannot just, it cannot be a one-way relationship. And that's how this one was started. It was definitely a one-way transaction. It was like, I have this demand. I need it to be fulfilled. And now I'm going to layer a bunch of transactions on top of this person. And at the end of the day, it's just because they want to be in control. And I am not a controlling person. I, I have every right to have control over my life and what I allow in it and out of it. And that doesn't make you a controlling person. That makes you an aware person who respects boundaries and who is healing and who is growing. And so today now my, my path is I have not heard from her in a week. And by my standards, that is disrespectful of my time. So since I have not heard from her, because we don't go out on Halloween, it's so freaking cold where we're at. It's always raining and cold, and I'm not, like, a lot of the crappy candy, be honest. The more and more you learn about the dyes and crap that they're putting in our foods and how it has extremely toxic effects on our immune system, on our endocrine system, just to name a few, causing mass amounts of inflammation, and not to mention with the nasty um, glucose stuff. I have someone beeping their horn by me because I am in the parking lot in my van diary. So, um, so what we do every Halloween is we throw a Christmas party in my home where that's where we bust out the Christmas music, the Christmas tree. We get, um, we buy a bunch of can We still buy candy. So my kids are not without all oh, the candy, but we buy, we, I'm teaching them how to read the labels. Um, so I let them go through the store and pick out stuff that didn't have red 40 in it. So we came out with pretty good. Aldi's is pretty good for that too, because they have made it their mission not, a, not to allow foods with artificial dyes because it's so, the freaking dyes are banned in other countries, but in America, they're like, wreck your endocrine system. You know, it's so many things these, these dyes cause, and especially in the youth. So I'm teaching the kids how to take more control over what they put in their bodies and letting them know what they're finding out about this stuff. 
So um, knowledge is power. <laughs> knowledge is power. And if you've ever read the Bible, the Bible verse that burned into my brain is my people will perish for lack of knowledge. You know, apply it to however you want. It plays on repeat. It's our job to seek knowledge. It's our job. It's We can't just lay out in a yard and expect to absorb knowledge. You literally have to be proactive in your life to educate yourself on healing your emotions and healing yourself physically and mentally and spiritually and everything. So we do that. So just to give you a heads up, like Ghirardelli, like they have peppermint bark and they don't use Red 40 for the peppermint. They use vegetable juice. So there's way better healthy options. And all these is really good. They have amazing creamy peanut butter cups that don't have the junk that the Reese's does they change their freaking ingredients and the more they change it and the more they they scrimp on ingredients america actually gets the low quality stuff and you'll find that other countries get the higher quality stuff so a lot of all these stuff comes in from germany so you get a lot of uh there's definitely a higher quality and it didn't always used to be that way at aldi's there was some of their food was quite sketch but they have definitely upped their game on the quality of food they offer. So we got peppermint patties. We have, we have peanut butter cups. We have chocolate spoons to stir into our hot chocolate. We got caramel apples. We, you know, so we make like a nice, fun, festive spread. We've got some cheese to slice up, crackers, stuff like that. So the kids look forward to this like it's hype. So they know that that's when daddy goes downstairs, lugs up the big boxes, and we all just have fun decorating and listening to music and eating candy. Because I didn't want my kids to be like, oh, my mom never let me have candy on Halloween. But you know, once again, do it on your terms. Make life on your terms. All right, I am back at home hiding in my bedroom right now. Not from my kids, but from all the animals that know that I'm home and also want to be in the room with me. So I let my deputy Lillian, my BFF, my ride or die, my sidekick in with me. And lunch is warming up in the oven. The kids are watching their cartoon and working on homework. And I wanted to come in and wrap up my last episode. I had so many breaks in it. So I am just going to wrap it up. And I believe before I left the school today, I was talking about, you know, uh, holding your boundaries, living by your terms. And if you have to uh, work, well, you're going to have to, we are going to have to at some point compromise and work with and around and near narcissists. So we have to learn how to navigate those rough waters. We don't want them to feel like they have control over us. We don't want them to give them, we don't want to give them control over us. They will take any sign of kindness as weakness. They will take silence as weakness. They will take your not pushing back on them or disagreeing with them as weakness. And they will take the steering wheel of your life and your day your time and they will dominate it. They will drive it to their desired location and you will just have to suck it up or make a decision to no longer participate, no longer hand over your happiness, your sanity, your silence, no longer try to justify their actions in your mind. At some point, people just choose to be who they are and you have to choose to say, 
you know what, I see you uh, for who you are. And I'm not willing to buy into that 100%. Not willing to buy into that 50%. Like you make your terms. But at the end of the day, your happiness is in your hands for the most part regarding how you choose to interact with others and how much control you allow to to uh, hand over to others and sometimes you're not willing you're not in a position not necessarily willing sometimes you're just not in a position to pull away 100% but you need to find that middle ground where you can still pull away in a healthy way so how I have set my terms with this particular situation was agreeing to, yes, bring the puppy at some point when it was doable for both families, not just her calling the shots, her calling me up and booing me on the phone. Literally the first time I've ever talked to this woman, booing me on the phone for not living up to uh, an expectation she had of me that was never communicated. And even if it had been, not who boos people? outside of just people wanting to be a jerk. And I don't take that. I'm not. And the older I get, the more comfortable I feel in saying, nope, I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that. Boo me all you want. I had one man when I worked um, at an industrial environment. He, you could tell he hated women And I had a door, I was like in charge of doing some safety reports and I had a door reported to be fixed because it opened up so fast and hard. It would slam and uh, slam shut. And one day when I was doing hair, I actually had a door at the salon slam down on my finger and almost take the tip of my pointer finger off. So I know how dangerous those doors can be. So I reported it to have it be fixed. Well, the gentleman was a very overt narcissist. He loved that door being able to be pushed open. He didn't care about anybody's safety. So what did he start doing? He started calling me a fat cow. Whenever he saw me, he said that fat cow got my door fixed. So whenever I saw him, I would moo at him. And you know what he do? He People go, why are you mooing at him? I was like, because he called me a fat cow because I got his door fixed. The door that was slamming on people and could t- take their fingers or hands off. Yeah, it was a steel door and you get a steel door being caught by a gust of wind with no, with nothing to slow it down, no hydraulic little device to slow it down. You're going to talk about amputation. I felt it on a personal level and they would be like, what really? I used his weapon against him. So then more and more people, when he would walk by me, I'd moo at him and they'd be like, why are you mooing at him? Cause he called me a fat cow I got a door fix. That was a safety hazard. And they'd be like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, so I just used his weapon against him. I took the thunder out of it. I turned it into a joke. I'm like, I don't care if you can call call, call me a fat cow. I don't care. I might be fat to you. I'm not fat to someone else. And I don't give a damn what I am to myself because I'm happy however I am. So I just thought that take the thunder away. Life is too serious to let jerks make you sad 
turn it, turn, you know, part of that whole turn the other cheek, but turn it into a freaking joke and move on. That's my MO. I, that's how I operate. Because if I don't laugh, I'll cry. And laughter is such a great medicine. And it's, it's how I don't take the words of others seriously. Plus I grew up in that generation that was like stick and sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, there is an element of truth to that. Uh, if you put the words too much weight and value in words to me it's the person who says the words that hurts if a stranger says something to me whatever don't care let it roll but if somebody you love and cherish says something mean to you it's different so to me it's always been the deliverer of the words is what can hurt you not necessarily the words that's how it has been my experience through life so my plan is today it is it is going on noon and I've not heard a peep from this woman. She wanted me to meet up to show her the dog. It's been a week. I've not heard from her when I said, let me know when your class starts and I can run the puppy up there on Tuesday before class. And you could see the puppy literally gone a week and not heard a word. So now the ball is in my court. If she reaches out in like two hours, gives me an hour notice, be like, sorry, I already made all their plans. I haven't heard from you in a week, so I guess we'll have to reconnect when it works for both of us. That's gonna be my reply. That's gonna be my touche. That's going to be my creating boundaries. That's how you create boundaries. You can dicker with a person and do wiggle with a person and make sure you are holding your peace firm that you're not bending over to the will of someone else. I've done enough bending and I've gotten zero replies. I'm not participating anymore. You know, and if um, she says something to me like, listen, chick, I told you when to unmeet you and you're the one that has not gone back with me. So, you know, do your part and I'll do mine. You know, if you want to play, let's play. That's how I'll be. <laughs> so I have come a long way and going on four years of going no contact with my mom. I am so choosy on what I allow in my life and um, also not allowing the guilt of being a pe not, not pleasing people. I don't let that live in my world anymore. I do not feel ashamed for sticking up for myself. So that is, that's how I'm going to end this episode. Okay. Well, I hope you have a great day. I hope this has helped in some capacity. Don't be afraid to reach out and let me know how you're working on stuff, how you're going through stuff and all that jazz. So take care. Hope you are well and safe. Bye.